1: I love what Dr. J. Vernon McGee had to say about this particular passage, the the beggars and asking Jesus to give them sight. McGee says, the problem of these men seems so obvious. Why did the Lord ask what he could do for them? My friend, when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, you must tell him your need. If you're coming to him for salvation, you must tell him that you're a sinner and need his salvation. If you don't, you will not be saved.
0: Imagine someone comes to you and asks you for help, but doesn't say what they need help for. That would be pretty confusing, right? Well, in today's message, Pastor Robert will encourage you to make your petitions known to God. While he does know everything about you, he wants us to ask for what we need. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now, here's Pastor Robert in the book of Matthew, chapter 20, with today's edition of Main Thing Radio.
2: His love is the main
1: thing. That is not the way to ask me to buy you breakfast. All that attitude. I literally chased him down Lincoln Road that morning. I felt bad about it afterward. <laughs> and he's another one that thankfully I was able to get to know a little bit. He came back later and apologized. Came back, and, and because there was a, a brother in the church that worked down there, and, and he, he the, this homeless guy, went to that. That brother from the church telling him what an awful Christian example his pastor was. And it led to a really, really good conversation. And that led to the guy coming back to me and asking my forgiveness. And, and a bit of a friendship developed because God did a work. Well, see, these two blind men, they, they didn't demand anything from Jesus. But they didn't shut up. They just kept at they just kept crying out. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. They refused to be discouraged and they refused to be intimidated. Listen, that's going to become a bigger and bigger deal in our world. You understand that, right? Intimidation. I mean, take it from somebody who, who wrestles with it on a fairly regular basis. I remember, again, quick story. I'm just full of quick stories today for some reason. Keep popping into my mind. I'm on the stage at the FBI Academy in Quantico, Virginia, and and there's a he's he's retired now, but he was the deputy director of the FBI, and he's sitting there with me, and they had warned me beforehand that because, you know, going to be people of all different faith backgrounds and, and so forth and so on in the audience... They didn't tell me I couldn't use the name of Jesus, but it was strongly implied. Be sure to pray a non-sectarian prayer, which is code. Just don't mention him. And so I did exactly what they asked me to do. I prayed a non-sectarian prayer after a brief devotional message about being a Christian in the United States of America. And what a wonderful thing it is that we have an organization, we have actually a law enforcement agency like the FBI that's tasked with protecting our rights to worship. Or not, as we see fit. And that guy still, he was so mad at me when I was done. He wouldn't even look at me. Turned his, I mean, he just, it was, a, it was intimidating. A little bit scary to have the number two man in the FBI, at the time, angry with you. Intimidation. These men wouldn't be intimidated. Shut up. No. They just got louder. Jesus, have mercy on us. Son of David, have mercy on us. Third thing I want to point out is that when Jesus stopped and turned his attention to them, he asked them what they wanted. As if he did not already know. Of course he knew. So why did he ask? Why ask the question? What do you want from me? Why even ask? It reminds me of something Jesus said about prayer back in chapter 6 when he gave us the model prayer. In Matthew 6, verses 7 and 8, Jesus told him, when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. Now, now see, he's not telling us there to not be persistent. He's telling us not to chant. You don't have to just be, you know, mercy, mercy, mercy. Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have, have mercy on me. He's like, stop it. I heard you. You don't have to do this chanting thing. He says, don't be like them. They think they'll be heard for their many words, don't be like them. For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Now, maybe it's just me, but it just hits me strange, right? I mean, if he already knows, why why do I have to ask if you already know what I need? I love what Dr. J. Vernon McGee had to say about this particular passage, the, the beggars and asking Jesus to give them sight. McGee says, the problem of these men seems so obvious. Why did the Lord ask what he could do for them? My friend, when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, you must tell him your need. If you're coming to him for salvation, you must tell him that you're a sinner and need his salvation. If you don't, you will not be saved. That's the offense of the cross. Everybody would like to come to the cross if they could bring along the perfume of their self-righteousness and good deeds. But my friend, you and I haven't any goodness at all, none whatsoever to present to God. You can no more sweeten human character with training and psychology and education than you can sweeten a pile of fertilizer out in the barnyard with Chanel number five. We have to come to him as sinners and receive him as our savior. And the blind men came to the Lord Jesus with their need. Lord, that our eyes may be opened. The reason that you and I are required to ask, even though God already knows what we need, is for the purpose of training us. Now stay with me. You see, he he loves you so much. And he better than anyone understands just how stubborn and hard-headed we can be. So he has set things up in such a way that there are a lot of things he simply will not do for you unless you ask. Because he he wants us to engage with him. See, he, he trains us in this way to approach him in humility, acknowledging our need to look to him and count on him. There are a lot of people running around out there with a the mistaken idea that everything they've ever done, they've done without him. When actually, what the Bible says, and if you stop and really, really stop and think it through, you have to acknowledge that it's true that no, no, we've never done anything without him, including taking your first breath. We've never ever done anything without him. He trains us to be led by his spirit instead of by our own desires, to have our desires transformed, our minds renewed. As we learn to talk with him through that training process, we learn to talk with him about the details of our day-to-day lives. We learn to apply his written word to every area. And by the way, one of the main reasons that we go through the Bible chapter by chapter and verse by verse here is that the systematic study of the scriptures provides for us guardrails, parameters as we seek to be led by the Holy Spirit. I've seen two extremes in modern Christianity. I've experienced both actually in, in my own journey. The one that basically disregards the scripture altogether, well, not, I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't say altogether because that's not entirely accurate, but disregards the scripture for the most part.
0: The first book of the New Testament informs you well about the Son of God, Jesus Christ. It details His birth and life, His ministry, and then His death. But it also tells you that He rose again. Jesus is victorious over death, and even more, He's alive today. Your Savior lives, and you can rejoice in that. As you listen to Pastor Robert's message today on Main Thing Radio, you may have realized that you've never given your life to Jesus. Or maybe you've been a believer for a while, but you haven't taken steps to actively live for Christ in your daily life. Today's the day to change that. You can start right now. We'd love to talk to you. Give us a call at 305-531-2730. That's 305-531-2730. We're so glad you joined us today. You can hear more teachings from this series in Matthew right now by visiting mainthingradio.com or just download our mobile app. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook and Twitter too. There you'll be able to get the latest information on Main Thing Radio and Calvary Miami Beach. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Find links at mainthingradio.com. We'd like to meet you too. You're invited to be part of our worship time at Calvary Miami Beach. Just visit the church page under about at mainthingradio.com. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to Main Thing Radio.